0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tableau on Tableau. My name is Charles Schaefer. Thank you so much for listening. Boy, do I have an episode for you today. Do you remember when Wilson and I did that conversation a few weeks ago about the VizWiz tournament? This is Tableau's internal visualization tournament. Well, we're doing a follow-up episode because it was so popular. I don't actually know that it was so popular, but I'm just assuming it was because it was so interesting to listen to. Listen. Is a really fun event for us. We like to see all the different content that's submitted uh, as a as a competitive entry by the people that work at Tableau and we judge and rate and figure out who the best data visitor is in the company. We got a lot of great entries this year, and so we're talking about some of the content we saw for round one of the tournament. There's some still some rounds left to go, but this is an update and uh, if you're in front of your laptop or or a screen of some kind this might be a good episode for you to follow along with by going to tableauontableau.com and clicking on the archive link there at the top of the screen because what we've done is we've published a couple of the visualizations on tableau public and, and embedded them there in uh in the website so you can follow along and actually see visual aids for some of the things we mentioned that might be a good reference if you're listening and you don't know what the hell we're talking about if uh if you don't care and you just want to listen in the background that's fine too thanks for listening and let's uh so let's start the show All right, Wilson. It's time. It's time All to right. discuss the bracket for BizWiz Round Two. Cool. Uh, so, we yeah. have an SC bracket. Let's start there. Um, we're gonna go through the bracket, kind of section by section. Let's just talk about what we saw so far, and then yep. let's make some predictions.
1: That sounds good. So, of course, uh, with our first bracket, that's there, moving on into the Sweet 16. Uh, we have basically the, the group of SCs that's here. So moving on from, of course, SC West, we have Steve Martinez uh, representing SC West, uh, Jason Miller uh, moving on for SC Central, Ryan Lempa moving on for SC East, and of course, Sean Pfaff moving on for uh, our commercial and public bracket that's there. Um, Charles, do you have a chance to actually take a look at some of these different visualizations? Uh, and of course, what were your thoughts around basically what uh, Yeah, I did. The so... there?
0: I think the most surprising entry of round one was Steve Martinez's. Mm. Um, His was really good. It was based on a New York Times viz, actually. And he made sort of a tableau version of it. It's about drought in the uh, 48 contiguous states. Mm. And it is really good. I mean, he uses this sort of stacked bar chart uh, timeline Mm. that really illustrates this drought severity index across the country and it's very interactive and the design is very nice. Now he based it on something that he had already seen so he didn't design it himself but it's a really good implementation of a technique that he saw somewhere else in Tableau and that's that's one that's one of the things we're trying to encourage with this tournament is thinking about visual practices you've seen other places and bringing them into a Tableau environment so I thought that was really good.
1: Yeah, I mean, the concept I really actually liked there is that he took a viz type that wasn't, um, well, you know, we we see different usages of it, but I mean, what he's effectively doing is doing a little bit of an area chart over time, Mm -hmm. but using, of course, the stacked bars to really achieve it, and it actually gives a really good look and feel to the overall. Yeah, it almost uh, looks kind of like an
0: 8-pit video game, sort of. It's got like this sort of curved line, but it's Mm -hmm. made with a bunch of different rectangles. It's just a, a, a very nice visual effect.
1: The the one thing I also point out here as well was really, of course, the 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 strong use of story points. We saw a lot of different usages of story points, specifically to the, this very first round there. And I think we'll get to it a little bit later on. I really liked the the usage here where he told the story in different viewpoints, using the same visualization. So there's more yeah. to dig into. I think uh, this
0: is the. Mm -hmm. best use of story points that we've found i mean not his view per se but just that technique of Mm -hmm. keeping it simple and only showing one or two views but using the story points to illustrate things about the views and help people explore right um so the next part of the bracket jason miller i think this was an upset in my Mm -hmm. mind over jen who i Mm -hmm. picked to make the finals um jason is a really strong sc and his viz was great but i was surprised to see him beat jen uh, did you take a look at what he submitted?
1: I didn't have a, a, a quick chance, but let me actually kind of pull it up real quickly and just kind of take a quick look uh, through some of the information here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean one of the big things that we find is that, of course, it's it, it's it always varies. It, it depends on of course how much time people really kind of invest to it. It's always kind of interesting to see sort of their approach for it. Um, the so Jason thing also did is... a
0: points view. Mm -hmm. Um, he talked about uh, kind of his health tracking and and that he's been tracking data on his his weight gain and loss uh, through uh, weighing himself and also comparing it to uh, Mm -hmm. time and and activities in his life.
1: Right. The one thing that I kind of found interesting about this one was that it's very much sort of a – Um, it it bridges the gap between a little bit of a PowerPoint slide presentation versus basically something that's still interactive. So in the later part of his uh, story points, it does a very effective job of basically using the same viz over and over again to kind of highlight the information. And one thing that is interesting is when somebody is able to tell a story that is very personal, right? Um, So they're able to add in notes specifically to what their thoughts were, what was happening at the time and really be able to craft the story against basically the data itself. And that's one of the big things that I find as a advantage in this first round, where when folks are able to actually use their own data, uh, they tend to actually communicate it a whole lot better um, than do, using a generic data set that they uh, might have found somewhere else.
0: Yeah, in the past we've seen um, entries that use story points uh, be sometimes just a collection of views. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I made these 12 views and I want to show you all of them. These ones, both uh, Jason's and Steve's were very much a story. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they told a story um, and they kept it simple. And I think that was what made the story easy to interpret. So mm-hmm. these are great examples for people who are maybe looking to uh, understand appropriate uses of story points. I think that's, you know, it's a feature that we released a couple years ago and um, people weren't exactly sure how best to implement them, and I think these are probably best practices implementations from what we've seen and what we know about this feature. Uh, We'll make sure to... I think we can make a couple of these available on Tableau Public. Maybe not all Mm. of them, but we can take some and feature them, so I'll put it up on the blog, and we'll feature a couple so people can take a look. Um, Ryan's Mm. was kind of a different approach uh, than the first two. He didn't do uh, as much of a single kind of storytelling view but he did again kind of tell a story around restaurants in Newark so again mm-hmm. it's sort of a personal touch that he looked at uh, from the perspective of um, what what does he do with his life and, and what can he learn about his world through data and it's just a single view rather than a story so right. um, a different approach
1: The one thing I really liked about this view, and this is something that's important about storytelling, even as we kind of move across different examples of it, um, you don't necessarily need a story point in order to showcase steps in which a user should be understanding information through. So the idea of just ordering information from a left to right, top to bottom set, as well as even numbering the views, help us really understand sort of the way Uh, that we kind of interpret the information as we kind of move down the list that's there. It's well-designed. There's, uh, you know, the right set of information um, from both a uh, branding perspective as well as just a, uh, you know, uh, where where the information comes from perspective. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that I also kind of highlight here as well, since we're kind of on the subject, is that... I, I want to compare it to maybe, of course, something else. We, we saw different approaches with this. Uh, John Cahill did something uh, that was, well, a very different approach, but, of course, uh, a lot more views that's there. And I'm kind of curious on your thoughts on why something that would, had more views seemed to have less appeal um, than something that Ryan actually submitted in there.
0: Yeah, well, Ryan's view, I think, is a great example of sort of the visual best practices that are taught by someone like Tufty. Right? Mm-hmm. it's um, it's very informative while still be very well still being very simple um, there is very little ink on the page that is not representing data um, there are simple colors and shapes that quickly tell you what to look at and right. there's not additional things to distract you uh, and the layout is organized like you said in a very logical way it tells a story without being a story points viz mm-hmm. um, Yeah, some of the other examples we got in this bracket were interesting analysis, but I don't think they did as good a job of communicating a story. So the example you brought up uh, was uh, of someone that submitted fantasy football data, and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of good analysis in those views. There's several views. Um, There's a lot of good, interesting stuff in there, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't communicate a set of points. So when you look at it, you don't exactly know what you're supposed to draw from it. Um, And if you think about what... Uh, what data visualizations are supposed to do. Uh, Often, uh, they're supposed to clarify or communicate a point. And that's what Ryan's did very clearly.
1: I keep thinking back to uh, taking English back in high school. And one of the big things that they would really, of course, focus on is sort of this idea of being concise, specific, organize with your notes, of course, uh, the whole Jane Schafer uh, organization of your essays and things like that, and being very specific. Um, and so one of the big things that we still, I think that it's still very present is just this idea of how do we continue to hone down on that a little bit more so that your message ends up not getting lost and that you're not just presenting more and more information that's out there um, in... Yes, users can interpret their own set of information, but the analysis, the flow of it, has to be something that is dictated in some way.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's move through this a little faster now. Sean Pfaff was our fourth uh mm-hmm. semifinalist from this uh bracket and he did a view about the Civil War. Uh and the thing that I think was noticeable about Sean's, which was it's kinda interesting that it was noticeable. Uh, Mm -hmm. that he put a lot of visual style into his viz. Right. right? He put logos and he he chose the colors and the fonts and the the layout to illustrate a visual style around the Civil War. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I think is interesting is that I think in previous years we might have seen more of this but yeah. we've we've also seen people maybe moving away from putting a lot of flourish into their visualization because it's seen as not a best practice. Um, in some situations it is, in some situations it isn't, right? Whether a more illustrative view with more, um, as Tufty would call it, chart junk, right? Yeah. Uh, is, is valuable or not? I think in this case, it actually does kind of transport you to the theme of the analysis. Uh, but you can argue whether the uh, it, it is a little bit you could argue that it's a little overwhelming to see all this visual stuff kind of thrown at you that isn't specifically the data.
1: It is. It's memorable as a viz, And that's, I think, one of the big things for, for it, right? That, that balance of what's memorable versus, of course, what's specific. It's a lot of information, though, um, mm-hmm. especially, of course, we're trying to summarize casualties over, of course, the Civil War. Um, there's a lot of information that's kind of outlined there. Um, and so from a a data memorability standpoint, I, I, you know, especially looking back at this after a couple of weeks of looking at it, um, the data itself didn't actually isn't that memorable. But I remember, of course, this piece of content, of course, so, so the formatting actually plays a big role there.
0: Yeah, so I think it's kind of interesting, I think, if you compare Ryan's and Sean's, right, mm-hmm. Ryan's is a viz that you could see maybe embedded in an article about restaurants in Newark, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Sean's would be the article right? It wouldn't be embedded in anything. It would be, this is an app we're going to give you to explore data about the Civil War. And there's a lot of text. So if you want to read more, you can you can find the part that interests you and explore it. But you're going to just spend time with this viz. Rather than it uh, clarifying a point, it communicates the point. I think both of those are are reasonable techniques, but they're very different.
1: So what's your thoughts? I mean, we have four people moving on in this first top bracket that's there um yeah i I haven't
0: looked at their entries yet Mm -hmm. for round two um i i'm rooting for ryan as a a representative of new york Mm -hmm. um i think um i think jason maybe is is the favorite uh i think he he really impressed me with his round one viz i think he's just got a lot of tableau. Skill. He's got a late data analysis experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I was going to bet on someone, I'd probably I'd probably bet on Jason. Interesting. But um, I'm rooting for Ryan.
1: You know, I would actually argue that Steve had a, a clear favorite on basically the the first round. For yeah, this, here's why, why I'm it.
0: not. Uh, even though he had probably the best viz, my mm-hmm. favorite viz of the first round. Um, he, the reason he's not my favorite is because he. Uh, he got to get a technique from mm-hmm. kind of whatever he wanted, right, From for round one. So he found something that he f- thought was going to be really impressive, and then he kind of made Tableau work to fit that concept. Mm-hmm. In round two, we supplied a data set to all mm-hmm. these people, so he didn't get an opportunity to do that. He didn't get an opportunity to go find his favorite thing. Uh, he's going to have to find the story that exists within this data set. Right. So I think that, makes it so i i don't know if that's a strength of his or not but i know that jason and ryan both have that skill because i've seen it so that's that's, that's why good. i'm putting them uh, as favorites yeah. in this bracket
1: yeah no definitely i think uh i, I think steve jason uh really kind of stand out as sort of clear favorites as p- being folks who kind of get the idea behind tableau uh for for sean um, one of the big things I would really kind of point out to you professionally, I would say, since he's my boss, would have to, of course, put some support behind him. But I, I do think that, of course, the whole idea of theming something and, and establishing a story, that ends up always being a little bit more difficult and being much more condensed and concise. And so one of the big things that I kind of look for is whether or not he's able to repeat that and repeat that in a uh really memorable way for his round two data set and that's always of course a challenge that we have yet to, to really of course see how how he's going to take that
0: so i'm picking jason uh to win i'm betting on him um my money is going toward him he's he's uh he's he's uh three to two i don't know that's too high he, i think he's like three to one actually to win this bracket who who are you betting on
1: uh, so it's it's definitely Steve for me. Uh, I don't know odds. I I, I should. I, I was. I think Steve's like point,
0: but... five to one, um, and I think Ryan's like four to one, mm. um, and I think Sean is going to be the underdog. Right. I think he's like six to one.
1: So well, what's what's your take on this bracket, though? What what is your one thing that you would say that this group needs to do in order to take this bracket, whoever it might be?
0: Um, I think the person who this is this is a group of sales consultants, right? So Mm -hmm. they are known for being industry experts. They're not necessarily known for being Tableau desktop visualization experts. So I think the winner is going to be the person who really takes a creative approach, um, who does the thing that maybe is a little bit out there, the analysis that isn't the obvious analysis, but maybe takes it one step further and presents something unique that the judges will see and really um, be surprised, or or we'll we'll make them stand at attention. Got it. Just to maybe comment shortly on the judges for this round, we have um, five people helping us judge, and instead of having individual judges per bracket, we're going to have it be all the judges working together to pick winners. So Mm -hmm. it won't be so much, you know, picking out specific biases within each bracket and knowing which judge will be, you know, how, how a contestant might be able to manipulate a judge. Um, (laughs) <laughs> it's going to be them all working together, right? Right. So unless so there no, was bribery, uh, there, yeah. there it's possible that one of these guys tossed in a, a little cash. You know, Ryan and and Robin and Mike all live in New Jersey. They could have gotten together, and something could have changed hands last week or something like that. But um, but,
1: but you got to bribe basically also uh, uh, Janoff and of course Ellie and of course uh, yeah uh, so the Mark judges as well. are
0: Mark Reader, uh, Ellie Fields, Robin Cottis, Mike Kravick, and Ryan Janoff and then Wilson and I are going to help as well, but we're going to let these five people kind of do our our determination of who the winners are. So it'll be interesting to see who they pick out of this bracket. Um, Let's move to the next one. Sure. So the next one... Uh, is sort of a hodgepodge of kind of different teams and groups. There's an APAC pre-sales group. There's an EMEA customer solutions group. There's an SC group, and there's a pro in, ta- in training. And we got one representative from each of those different groups in the mm-hmm. semifinal round here. Wow. Um, so we have Suhendra, Ben, John, and Matt. Suhendra Tandera, uh, I think you, did you take a look at this uh, this bracket as, as part of the judging for round one?
1: I wasn't specifically to judge for it, but I, I, I did uh, play a role specifically, um, well, just taking a look at it. Um, the one thing that I actually found, which was incredibly useful um, about basically this first bracket with Suhendra, uh, was how personable he made basically the story around basically something that was very topical at the time. So focusing specifically on basically uh, the election uh, within basically uh, Singapore that's there or um, and really kind of focusing basically around that. So that was definitely one piece that kind of stood out for me. And again, a a very different usage of sort of story points that we see, again, sort of a theme that we were noticing with uh, this time around of story points where people were really tackling the whole storytelling aspect. Using the storytelling uh, story point tool that's there, but I guess what were your thoughts around it?
0: Yeah, so Andrew has a very playful style in how um, how his visits are created, right? Um, and I it's it's not my favorite style, I'll be honest, mm-hmm. um, but I I do think he was effective in using it um, in thinking about kind of um, I'm going to present you with again a. Sort of a playful set of visualizations that have consistent uh, visual cues and communication. Um, it was a. Li- I think it's a little simplistic for me, which is is odd because I think most of the views that we saw um, should have been simpler. But I think this one could have used a little bit of embellishment um, in the in the way the data was visualized. Um, so I'm interested to see how he takes that and applies it to the next challenge because I think that could play really well in round two, because if, if there's a bunch of people trying to tell these really complex stories and he comes out with a like, really to-the-point analysis, that mm-hmm. could work in his favor.
1: Yeah. My, my main challenge, I think, with this one is that there was a lot of polish specifically to just the wrapper around it, right? And so the data itself doesn't, of course, tell... Well, it wasn't the thing that drew me or it wasn't the one thing that was really overtly interesting for it. And I'm hoping that he's able to... In the next round siphon out basically the interest that might be in uh with the data and i mean you know me i'm I'm typically of course much more leaning towards sort of a tufty style of looking at visualizations and Mm -hmm. the big thing there is really of course the story needs to the data needs to be the one piece that is interesting for everyone as opposed to of course anything else that's there so everything else is just packaging and marketing
0: well, let's talk about the next one down then, because mm-hmm. that was much, well, it, in some ways, it was a much more uh, Tufty appropriate dashboard yes. from Ben Neville. Uh, in other ways, it also had a donut chart in it. So um, I don't know if how how Tufty appropriate you can say that is, um, mm-hmm. but in all honesty, Ben took a very straightforward approach that I think mm-hmm. is, is reminiscent of his experience in professional services. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the one thing that I kind of noticed, of course, uh, I was one of the judges for this particular round or for this particular uh, bracket for uh, the round that's there is um, just a variety of very different approaches that people took when it came down to how they assess data that's there. Uh, A big piece behind here, I think, at the end of the day is still finding data that you're interested in and data, of course, that other people would be interested in. Uh, the one benefit I think that Ben really got out of it was, of course, finding really interesting and personal data, which is, of course, our travel expense information that's there. So really interesting to take a look at it, a different way of, of course, assessing that information, especially on a professional level. Uh, the one thing I will highlight is actually somebody else from this bracket, uh, yeah. uh, Jesse, uh, Jesse Gebhardt's uh, viz, which was really sort of a template viz for um, more specific market basket performance benchmarking analysis. That was a great visualization, but it almost did too much. And that was sort of the one thing that ended up making Ben's Information a little bit better than, of course, Jesse's approach. You you can oftentimes over-explain, over, of course, articulate everything that can ex- exist, and you end up basically not having a very strong point that's there. And so the one thing that was great about Ben's was a, a simplicity approach to it.
0: Yeah, for me it comes back to having a clear message. You know, we talk about storytelling, and I don't know if Ben's view has a story, but it has a clear subject matter and and addresses a single topic very, mm-hmm. very clearly, right? Um, let's go ahead and move on to the bottom half of this section, which is John and Matt. John Duggar uh, won his bracket. And John, I think, uh, a couple things about John. So first of all, he makes one viz very well, right? Mm-hmm. Every viz I've seen him make is kind of the same viz, but it's also extremely good. And that's that's what I saw here is he, ha- he likes putting his bar trivia in the at the top, you know, his aggregate totals right at the top so you can mm-hmm. see all the totals, and then he likes sort of laying it out in a grid structure. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he put six different data visualizations in uh, his dashboard, and he, he made the map more prominent because it was where he wanted his audience to be drawn. He used consistent color schemes. All of the visualizations are addressing the same question, mm-hmm. right? Um It also sort of pointed out a flaw in our tournament, right, which was that um, this is a viz that John, we know John made last year. And um, he's kind of, it was something he had plenty of time to polish and and build, and maybe other people didn't have that sort of time to repair and and polish something and submit it. So it was the best viz in his bracket. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think it also pointed out maybe a little bit of a flaw in our tournament structure for round one. Just kind of thought that was interesting to note.
1: It it was interesting sort of round one that's there. I mean, we saw some confusion that kind of took place. Kovner, I think, after the fact kind of talked to me and specifically said, oh, it was a viz that he submitted that he was happy with, but at the same time, it wasn't what he considered his best work, right? Mm -hmm. And uh kind of comes to show a little bit of maybe, of course, communication error that we could take, but uh, also, of course, just uh, the importance around clarity that's there, right? Um, one of the big things that I kind of highlight specifically between these two, and I'll, I'll, I'll pit these two together because against one another, mainly because we did see them as sort of uh, favorites for this round, is uh, just a different idea around themes and, of course, usage of formatting that's there. Covner's is using a dark theme that's very much... Uh, well, it, it's, it's offering information. It might be, of course, useful in an embedded setting. Uh, but it actually kind of violates a little bit of the, the whole ink data ratio thing. And so one of the big things I'm seeing is that uh, a consistent theme is that a lighter theme, especially when you're offering information directly through Tableau Public, which has a white theme to begin with, Ends up being just much more marketable to begin with. Uh, any, any thoughts around that? Yeah,
0: uh, no. I think, <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm going along with what you said. Um, awesome. The the I,
1: other thing I'll, I'll I'll point out here as well, and this was just a fun one, was Mary Cates as well. Um, yeah, she
0: did a nice job. Um, mm-hmm. I I I wish she I kind of wish she could have made it through as a wild card. Uh, she had sort mm-hmm. of a unique story and approach uh, talking about Wes Anderson movies and the visual styles he used for the dashboards that she created um, kind of fit the theme, which I thought mm-hmm. was was a nice touch. Um, let's wrap up this bracket with Matt Lutton, who won mm-hmm. the ProServe and training bracket. Matt again told a pretty personal story about mm-hmm. uh, music and musical instruments. Um, it's something that he was obviously passionate about. It was a lot of stuff. you know it was a, it was a lot of story points and I think, it could have been improved through um, perhaps focusing on a couple of the points mm-hmm. um, although there are there is some good stuff in here, right um, I'm just looking through it now there's there's bump charts which like I think I think there's like a rule to the tournament that we have to move any bump chart to the next round because. We love them so much.
1: Well, uh, Wasn't that the, like the viz of the year for uh, the first round of viz? It might ever... have been. I don't know huh. if we
0: actually did officially a viz of the year <laughs> for the first one. The, the second one was, of course, Highlight Tables, which is right. the best viz of all time. Um, <laughs> but it was the viz of the year last year. Yeah, bump charts here. The dashboard, kind of the second to last story point, mm-hmm. uh, the dashboard that he has there is actually really good. It's right. really well formatted. There's just all these other points. So it ended up being sort of a confusing story, even though right. the visual style was was pretty good.
1: Yeah, No, this was definitely a bracket. I think when I was judging, it was a little bit more difficult to judge. Um, part of it, I think, is just focusing the idea of storytelling a little bit more. Um, and Matt's final dashboard actually did a pretty good job of that. It was interactive. It focused on something. And it mm-hmm. had the lead up that, that actually told a good story around it. Um, In this bracket, though, just to kind of, again, introduce other uh, folks that did a great job around sort of a different approach of things. Uh, Beck Powell's um, sort of viz, which is actually up on Alpo as well, uh, illustrates a usage of Tableau's uh, storytelling that is very much akin to PowerPoint presentations. So Hmm. it's it's very infographic-y. It's graphic-oriented. Uh, but it almost, of course, overcompensated to the data with basically graphics that's there. and It ends up basically focusing too much on the wrapper the that's around it, as opposed to ultimately telling a story, which is really the core of what we want to do with data that's there. And I think Matt was one of the, the stronger points within this part of the bracket, where at the end of the day... We want to end off in an area where I can explore the data, I can understand the situation a little bit better, and I can make data-driven decisions based off of what, what actually exists that's there, right? And so it's less about presentation, more about the data itself.
0: Okay, so um, let's let's make a prediction for this bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, we know, you know, unfortunately, we know that a, a couple of people in this bracket had to forfeit. So mm-hmm. we, it's basically, I think it's going to be Sahendra versus Ben. Uh, as as kind of one of them is going to move on. Um, who, who do you think wins out of those two?
1: I really like Ben's approach towards it. It's simplistic. It's focusing on the, the story itself. And I think he's uh, – some of his tenure, of course, within services will likely play a benefit to it. Um, I'm hoping, of course, for the best, at least yeah. from that uh, side of the house. But it is one of those things where, um, it you know, the – each of these rounds are less about the tenure you have with Tableau, or of course the experience you have, and much more about basically the effort that's you're you're willing to put in and the willingness to, of course, uh, a hone down on the the thing that you're submitting at the very end.
0: Yep, I, I think we agree on Ben. I think mm-hmm. uh, I think this is one of the the one bracket of the four where there is a clear favorite, um, and I think he's the clear favorite. Doesn't mean he's going to win, Sandra obviously uh has a has a good approach and i think it'll depend on how the judges see it and what i haven't seen what ben put together but um i'm I'm gonna pick ben for this one let's move to the second half of the bracket so uh this second half is mostly product consultants we had a lot of uh, representation from the product consulting team um there was a lot of really good entries so uh, let's not go through all of them but let's pick out a couple key ones in Mm -hmm. each of these sections uh so the the first one is three groups of pcs and a group of tech support so there's lauren bearden matt miller cameron ford and vanessa Harmon. vanessa's Mm -hmm. from support the other three are product consultants Uh, who stands out to you in this bracket
1: um you know it's it's actually somewhat difficult the one that stands out for me of course is cameron uh who has a very unique story uh with his first round that's there so he took Mm -hmm. some basic uh sort of name based data and he was able to actually weave a story about basically the popularity of an actor and how it relates to all that information that's there he's able to actually have fun with it and that's one of the pieces that i I really stress that if you're not having fun with building the visualization or telling the story that you're telling uh you're not going to get other people excited for it Yep. And that ends up basically being a piece. So you can be data heavy or not. But Cameron, of course, ends up, of course, having a just a, a fun story with it. I'm hoping he's able to weave the same funness, if that's a word, um, out of basically this round two data set that we're, we're providing.
0: Yeah, I think um, uh, my favorite viz from round one last year was a viz that took sort of a similar approach, sort of an irreverent approach to the data and tried to find a story that is not important, but it's impactful because it's Mm. memorable and it's told well. Um, This one, Cameron's view was like that uh, in round one. I'll be interested to see what he he comes up with for round two. Um, Vanessa was an interesting one for me. This Mm. support bracket had a lot of different approaches and um, there was uh, Vanessa's Viz, which was, again, sort of a fun approach. It wasn't; it, it had very little data analysis in it, but the look and feel and style was very good. And we were weighing that. I, I was one of the judges for this bracket, and we were weighing that against Ken's view, which was very uh, analytically valuable but didn't have much of a look and feel uh, mm-hmm. advantage. And we were trying to weigh these against each other, and it's sort of... Um, sort of the opposite of what happened when you were looking at, I think, Beck's versus Matt's, right? Mm -hmm. Where you decided that the person who had sort of analyzed the data and answered a question was going to be the winner over the person who had uh, spent a lot of time on look and feel. Mm -hmm. Uh, Molly and I decided to do the opposite in this one because we thought um, Vanessa's was a really unique approach. So that's, that's, um, I think, a different judge might have seen it differently. It was really close. But right. the, I, I wonder if she will take that same approach to round two, um, mm-hmm. where the data is provided for her, where um, she's kind of exploring the data as part of the exercise, or if it'll be more of an analytical approach.
1: Right. Uh, any words for, of course, this round in, in terms of, uh, you know, what they need to do in order to better clinch, basically, the final title that's there?
0: Yeah, these are three PCs and a tech support people. So these are people that know the product very well. Mm-hmm. Um, they are all going to have uh, the execution of their dashboards uh, uh, technically is all going to be very good.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
0: the, uh, the person who um, keeps it simple will probably yeah. be the one that stands out. Right. Uh, I think that's probably true. Well, the next bracket's kind of an interesting one. But, mm. yeah, between Lauren, Matt, Cameron, and Vanessa, Lauren and Matt, we didn't talk about their vises just for, for time, but they also had very interesting approaches that, right. um, again, told stories, and I think that's why they excelled against other competent visualizations. Mm. Yeah, I think it's going to be about um, who can keep it simple and communicate points, can communicate uh, an right. argument.
1: Yeah, no, I have the same thought as well. Distillation seems to be the theme for this part of the bracket that's there. It's not that the analysis is is bad or anything like that. They actually do a really good job of keeping things simple. But how do we actually convey it with possibly, of course, more simplicity to the mix that's there? How do we, of course, make the data more evident to the to what's going on? Mm-hmm. And how do we, of course, elaborate on the points that are worth elaborating that's there and so the, the, those end up basically being the the final key points i think for most folks when they are really good at the tool uh have actually really adopted some of the defaults with the tool but now have to of course bridge away from it and that ends up always being a little bit of a challenge where you now have to of course make that leap
0: yep um who's who's going to win Who, who's your pick out of these four people
1: uh, you know, looking across the mix that's there, I'm actually putting some faith behind uh, Matt Miller. I think he's making some pretty strong attempts around sort of uh, sort of the visualization and making his biz memorable. Um, mm-hmm. I think that on a consistent data set, at least for this group, it, it, it seems like there's um, some effort, I think, that that he's putting behind the scenes to really elaborate on the story a little bit more. And I think he has the most control over more generic data. So it's, it's that idea that I think that is really dominating this particular bracket as opposed to uh, anything else. Whereas Cameron and Vanessa had a very unique story uh, about their round one. I'm curious and a little skeptical, and mind me for that, but a little skeptical whether or not they're able to repeat their success in round two with a provided data set
0: yeah um I, I'm picking Lauren. I think she's gonna win this one. Uh, yes. I had a chance to speak to her when I was in Seattle. Uh, so I think she's I think she knows what's going on. I think she's she's also uh, working abroad in Singapore right now. I think the international exposure will will help will up her game um, and I think I think I haven't seen any of the views from these four people yet. Um, they're published, but I haven't looked at them yet in the dark. I'm picking Lauren as uh, as my pick from this bracket um okay last one this is the group of death wilson this is Mm. this is the tough one these are four product consultant groups uh one Mm. of them is a team of two but it's so it's actually five product consultants uh competing here and they're all really good uh they are the winners from uh uh, from round one uh, of these four people i think might have been the four best vizs in the tournament mm. um so it's going to be really interesting to see who wins this one. So let's go through them. Uh, Anna Flejo. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, did you take did you get a chance to look at what she submitted for round one?
1: Yeah, no, I judged this bracket and it was inherently, I mean, it was one of the tougher brackets to judge. So she I was hugely...
0: competing against uh, past champion in Saskia. She was mm-hmm. competing against Rafi and Luca, who made it mm-hmm. through as a wild card, so you know mm-hmm. their viz was good, and Julian Kelly, whose viz was also good. Um, Anna's was very impressive. I mean, the, the way she approached her viz, the, the layout, the structure, the, the way she walked you through the analysis um, right. was, was very impressive, and it, it frankly reminded me something uh, of something that Andy grief might produce in the style.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I could see basically this as being a a infographic in an actual like a, a news site that's there around basically the Chicago triathlon. And just providing some lists and facts as we kind of move along. So one thing that was unique about hers is that she took a very linear approach to storytelling that's there. And part of, of course, her layout forces her to be very much specific about the points that she's making. uh, Sort of like bullet points when we're actually thinking about basically how to list things out that's there. doesn't always work out. I uh, actually ran this through a, a different judge, uh, Molly. And Molly, of course, had a very different take than what I had. But I loved it when I was going through it, because it gave me a very linear approach to looking at this data, where we were looking at basically overall statistics, more detailed statistics, and then just diving in to uh, the different approaches that's there, so the different mm-hmm. demographic information around this particular triathlon. Um, The the big thing that I find here is uh, across the bracket um, for for, for this group is uh, the formatting and simplicity was incredibly strong. So they did things really well around basically balancing the idea of interactivity versus basically something that is more controlled, the formatting of the view itself. So you never want to get into that position where your view is completely static and people can't ask questions. But you also don't want to get into that situation where you're asking so many questions that you can get into a point that your dashboard just looks terrible and they did a great job of handling this across the board
0: yeah this team was founded i think and grew up a lot around having andy in that office right and now there are experts in saskia and luca and rafi who are kind of senior people on the team and so people that are new in that organization look up to them and so everyone who joins that organization ends up learning how to make a good viz, right? Mm-hmm. And it, and it's additionally to, mm-hmm. you know, what the skills are in Tableau, you need to know how to build a, a good bar chart or whatever. They right. learn formatting. They learn layout. They learn all those skills, maybe not even thinking about them. They just get exposed to them right. uh, in a way other groups do. And you see that in that they sent nine people to the tournament, right? Where mm-hmm. other organizations didn't even send f- three or four. Like, so right. they, they're obviously all very invested in the tournament and there's every entry I think we saw from that team was at least good if not great
1: yeah and and this is one of the things that I will stress in terms of what will push the bounds for us being a software that gets more and more adopted as a business process that's there where we have strong communication uh, strong simplicity across basically how we communicate complex data um, this group seems to get it and mm-hmm. across the board I think Anna demonstrated it really well but I mean uh, it, w- it was definitely a toss-up across uh, even of course the the submission that Saskia made and of course we moved on uh, uh, Rafi and Luca. This group seems to get it, um, and it's really around basically the innovations that we can make here around how do we communicate data um, that I think a lot of groups can start to emulate across the world that's there. So this is a group I'm really excited about to see what they can produce uh, moving on through the tournament.
0: So let's talk about Rafi and Luca for a second. Sure. Because they
1: made a viz that wasn't even a viz. It was just, it was <laughs> basically a painting. Right? It, it It was, was
0: very creative. Um, it was very techni- technically sophisticated, and mm-hmm. it was artistically beautiful. Um, and so it probably wouldn't have won the tournament, but we were like, this is so impressive and unique that we have to give them a spot in round two. So we gave so them a
1: wild card spot. So just to paint a picture for folks who haven't accessed the view before, it is literally a polygon portrait of Luca and Rafi. Mm-hmm. Uh, completely uninteractive, uh, with annotations that simply say, choose us for biz um yes. it's it a great viz i mean it's it's, it's not miss. it's
0: not in an analysis <laughs> at all right mm-hmm. um it's it's something that you and i would probably rail against if we saw it uh advertised as like a good example of tableau but also it it shows such a, a good understanding of the technology that i think uh, you have to recognize that Right.
1: I, I don't think it's just a, a, a understanding of the technology, but just the, the well, idea a, of expression itself. Yeah, it's also like, an it,
0: artistic right. Um, representation, right. That um, I, I guess saying that we wouldn't like it if we saw it in the wild is kind of, is probably not fair because it's, um, it's something that you should know that you can do in Tableau, right. It's something that like, if you're, if you're a Tableau expert, um it, if you consider yourself a visualization expert or someone who understands the way our technologies work um arriving at something like this is is very impressive and important to know about but at the same time it's not data analysis so it's a difficult view to evaluate um it's just it's just very uh it it's very interesting. It's very impressive. You know, it was, um... a,
1: it was a strong approach to visualization. And to be honest, I would have to, of course, argue that they had fun doing it. And and that's one of the things that we want to highlight around our tool. People have fun expressing themselves. And part of it is that this ends up being a vehicle for expression. And they demonstrated this in, in spades. Uh, and so regardless of the storytelling aspect, they were able to tell a story mm-hmm. about what they enjoy doing, which was uh, screwing around in desktop, which is, is great to hear.
0: Uh, okay, so they'll, they'll be in round two, and uh, they will probably do something very different from round one, but uh, I'm <laughs> excited to see what they produce. Okay, Adrian Charles. Uh, oh. I think this was the best vis of the tournament. Um, oh. I, I think it, the reason I like it so much um, is it doesn't look like it was created in Tableau. Um, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean it as in the, the, the style is so unique in, it, it uses visual best practices and it uses, um, all the, all the things that we would want you to use if you're creating a good viz, but it is so stylistically, um, thought about, you know, the, the way they approach mm-hmm. here is so, um meticulous in how it's presented that it it looks like it could have been uh, something that was uh, created in a graphic design tool um, it
1: it does um so I, I did have some qualms about basically all of this uh it, it's it's a great viz around basically the cabs in noic uh but it was almost too much across the board. So, it what it did really well was communicate. I think overall information that's there, but there there was definitely I think some challenges across the board when we we talk about basically how how much information actually conveyed to our minds. That's there, right? So, stylistically, this is great. It's very interactive because of just how many marks that are just actually available. So, uh, it seems to, of course. Uh, almost produce a one-to-one type of comparison from sort of the, the, the cab information and data that you might have there versus basically what uh, uh, what's on this visualization. But beyond that, um, you know, it almost conveys a lot, too much information.
0: Yeah, I mean, the one criticism I would have is that you could probably take any one of these four vi- views mm-hmm. and um, just use that and the layout and formatting and kind of details that were shown here. And it would be just as useful because you would, you know, there's so much stuff that it's hard. You really have to, all the views, you really have to spend some time with to understand what they're telling you, Mm -hmm. right? And um, they're not necessarily telling you um, different points to the same story. They're just telling you related points. Um, And you kind of have to explore and, and think of the story on your own which uh, you know in this Cairo the Alberto Cairo book I'm reading, he talks about that is like this mm. a more exploratory view a view that has lots of different things to look at allows the person looking at it to explore I mean it's it's mm. almost an analytics tool in it's in itself it, without it being is. interactive at all, which is very interesting.
1: A few things I, I will really highlight just to kind of talk about basically what was really great about this view. one it's, the the curved map, um, just that curved outline, I don't know what it is about basically uh, really boxing in, I think, the the focus on Manhattan uh, from sort of that curved borderline that's there. I didn't but even notice done, that
0: until just now.
1: It, it's it's done so, so well. So what
0: the fuck is that? Is that a background <laughs> image?
1: I believe it might be an overlapping image that's there, but I have to take a look back. I, I You know, this is one of those things where if a viz is done well, uh, they just do things that kind of defy our our own expectations. Yeah, like and
0: Tableau and views is. normally have this grid layout, right? No matter mm-hmm. you, and you can be very clever about it and hide all the grid lines and, and breakpoints, but this one they really do disappear because of that sort of those little stylistic things that Adrian chose to use that right. you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't do it unless it was very intentional.
1: The the other thing I will highlight here as well is really the uh legends. Down below, the viz is on the very right-hand side That mm-hmm. to know basi- basically the percentage of, of trips that's there. So it's a very small viz associated to a larger viz that's there. Yeah, but it's a by...
0: viz that's a legend, which is right. a good approach, but people don't often think of it.
1: But it's done really well in this case. The, the only final thing that I would really highlight from this mix is uh, really thinking about basically the font itself. Do you think the serif font actually helped? In this situation, or do you think it's detracted?
0: So, I don't know whether it helped or detracted. I think that's more of a taste thing. You know, a lot of people say serif fonts are hard to read on a screen. I think mm-hmm. with the the everyone's got high res screens now, and so it's pretty. It's it's not really a thing in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, there are probably you know if if you brought in a uh, graphic designer or font designer to look at this viz, they might have some things to say about the font. The thing that I notice is that uh, Adrian made a choice about the font, which I think Mm. is, is the thing that is worth noting. Um, making a choice rather than not making a choice, I think is important for the style of a view. And so I appreciate that regardless of whether the serif font is useful or not. I probably would have used a sans serif font just because I, that's my preference stylistically, but I can't say that that was right or wrong. I, I don't know. It sounds like you have an opinion though.
1: Uh, no, I mean, in general, I, I would prefer sans-serif, but I mean, that's that's a, a preference like you mentioned. Um, I, I think I, I very much res- um, stress serif for very specific uh, theme purposes. I'm also noticing for the first time that uh, he refers to a viz with two z's. So, um, So that bothers you? <laughs> a little bit. Maybe it's a European thing. But anyways, let's move on to right. the final last quiz. one.
0: Uh, so this was APAC. So we actually broke the APAC pre-sales groups into two different brackets. So we Suhendra from that uh, the second bracket was from the APAC pre-sales group. The uh, the second group of of APAC uh, product consultants ended up in this bracket, and the winner was. Kaori Tanaka and so I mean this was an interesting view I judged this bracket there were some good entries um, and there were actually ones that had a better visual style the reason I picked Kaori is because she did an excellent job of telling a story Mm. Um, and it's a very interesting story that I don't think um, I don't think most people would think about but it draws you in because of how well she sequences it Um, so uh, the story is about cherry blossoms and when the best time to go to japan is to see cherry blossoms and there's some very interesting analysis done in the process of asking that question so you you get the question and then you get an exploration of the data around the question and then you get an answer and that's um that's very engaging you know that it drew me in so even though there were definitely some visual problems with the dashboard. There are things that could have been done better. Um, some, you know, just the idea of throwing a dashboard inside a story point is often just a really busy, and, and that was the case in some uh, of these views. But the story was just told well, and and that's why I thought it, it deserved to uh, to go into the next round. And I think that's what she'll probably do in the next round, too. Uh, it right. seems like that's Kayra's strength.
1: I think the one thing that was unique about this versus I think uh, some of the other ones that we, we debated uh, – Minnell, um was definitely uh, another one that I think had some strengths to it, especially around the story. Uh, but what was really strong about this was that there was a strong original narrative to it. Um, mm-hmm. And the analysis itself was not confining. To a specific narrative, but it was something that was these are very important points, and these are sort of the sequence in which you should understand this information through. So, from my execution of the story points, it was actually fairly strong analysis, mainly because it was such a, uh, I I think, original data set that was there, original story that kind of of came up from there. Um, There's Definitely more topical things that's there, but one of the big things that I typically see happening is that we end up falling into um, uh, templates when we talk about topical items that's there, right? We, we end up basically addressing the same points that everybody else addresses, but with some data that might be provided. And this was something that was uniquely different because, well, there wasn't anything that was very specific to the way that she was addressing this particular issue.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's almost the opposite of what we were talking about with Adrian's viz, right, where it's all style and we're wondering about whether the information is presented correctly. This is one where the information is presented it's all substance and there's there's probably some uh, improvements that could have made in in terms of style Mm -hmm. um okay so let's let's make some some picks uh Mm -hmm. who do you think is going to win this bottom bracket of all product consultants
1: uh anna hands down right now um you know she did such a good job especially for the first round viz that's there i think she was a surprise for me uh i think that's going to play a little bit more scrutiny on her, but um, at the same time, I think that there is some stylistic choices that she's making uh, that are really resonating. I think with folks, and if she keeps on making that type, same level of analysis with the same level of uh, simplicity, uh, style, and and everything across the board, I think she's going to come up with a bunch of very memorable visits along her way, and she's going to be able to, of course, make it past round two, but even, of course, make it uh, to be being basically the winner for uh, Customer Solutions. Oh,
0: really? Wow, so that's pretty aggressive. You think she's going to make it to the finals, huh? Uh, no
1: or pressure. she's going
0: to win the finals. No um, pressure right now, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'm going to pick Luca and Rafi. Um, I think they just... You know, working as a team, I think, has some advantages. I think they just they know the product so well. I think they're very creative. Um, I've seen some of the vi- the entries from this bracket. I haven't seen all of them yet. There's been some. There are some really good ones. I think this is going to be a tough one to judge. Um, I'm gonna pick um, Luca and Rafi to win it. Uh um, right. So okay. So we've got our picks for final four. I'm picking mm-hmm. Jason Miller. Ben Neville, Lauren Bearden, and Luca and Rafi. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're picking Steve Martinez, Ben Neville, uh, Matt Miller, and Anna Mm Flegio. Who do you think is going to win the finals?
1: So the finals for me, as I I, kind of let. Slip already was really, I think, Anna uh, so far. It's a right balance between basically strong communication style versus basically uh, a deep enough analysis that's there. Um, And, of course, something original, right? And all those really kind of contribute to doing something, I think, that will surprise folks, that will uh, be informative for for folks that's there. And I think at the end of the day, we have to focus on what is educational being sort of a general theme to to data that's there uh and i think uh the judges will will kind of look towards that area
0: yep um i'm picking luke and rafi i think the belt's going back to europe um we both have a we both have a winner from europe i guess that's um that's presuming that you know the actual the final this is the customer solutions winner Mm -hmm. right and then we're we're kind of presuming who's going to win the finals I think whoever wins the customer solutions bracket this year is going to win the finals, although we'll see. We haven't, we're haven't. we not going to talk about that just yet. Um, but, yeah, I think Luca and Rafi are my favorite at this point. Sounds good. Um, okay, so let's real quickly talk about sales. So sure. um, sales was a smaller bracket. We had 12 entries. We now know who won round one. So let's reveal that here. We're going to announce it to the finals probably before we put this podcast up. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't heard it, um, the four finalists from sales are Peter Hall, Joe Clark, Julian Longlong, I think is how you pronounce that, and uh, Paul Albert. Mm. So um, this is still kind of TBD in terms of uh, what their data set is going to be, um, what their entries are going to look like for round two. Uh, but real quickly, was there first of all was there any viz that you saw that really stood out uh, for the first round from sales? Uh,
1: the one thing that I really liked is Allison's approach towards basically using her own data as a way of well to, to make things personal, um, right? Uh, we should be doing analytics every day because we're helping people ask questions. That's there, and so mm-hmm. when we start to see basically people. Uh, sharing this I I don't think that you you get more tableau than that that's there Uh, that being said I think there are of course different depths of analysis that's there Uh, I was particularly of course interested in what Joe and Mike Carpenter did given of course their backgrounds uh, having of course participated in previous uh, VizWiz competitions and of course Mike being a uh, a part of the PC organization that's there, um, and so I, I think those are my personal highlights. But I mm-hmm. didn't, uh, you know, completely look through everything that's there.
0: Yeah, I think Joe's probably going to be the favorite. Um, mm-hmm. Just he's done Vizwiz two years in a row. He uh, he he did well in mm-hmm. the first year. I think he wasn't a finalist, but he made it to the semifinals, um, and uh, and he's he thinks about visits a lot, you know, I think one of the things we can say about sales is they're just not asked as often as pre-sales and customer solutions in general to have their hands on Tableau. So mm. we, our expectations aren't going to be, uh, at least that, that, I don't know if maybe not as high, or maybe just that they don't mm. um, have as much polish on some of their visualizations. Um, but one of the ones that really impressed me was Julian's Julian Lunlong. Mm. Um, he uh, he just had a very distinct style to his vis that yeah. I you know I, I hadn't I haven't met Julian before I don't know a whole lot about his background and there are definitely some problems with his view but he thought about the visual appeal which i think is something that um, that we're looking to advance in this organization through the tournament so I was impressed by seeing his vis
1: yeah the Sankey chart was definitely of course very interesting uh, at least for to, to kind of see uh come up in this visualization mm-hmm. that's there yeah you and don't I...
0: expect to see uh, a sales guy be the person that introduces <laughs> that to the VizWiz tournament right and that's the first Sanku we've seen in three years in this mm-hmm. tournament which is right. interesting i mean it's it's a unusual chart type but it's not unheard of so i'm just kind of surprised that that was the first one we've seen as part right. of this um yeah so i i guess um you know when i when we did this the first podcast i picked peter hall to win I Mm -hmm. still think he is going to be my pick to win the whole thing. Um, I just think he's a really smart guy and and knows the product very well. And I think he will uh, have a good approach to whatever challenge is is put in front of him in round two.
1: I'm actually going to try... I'm thinking out loud here, but I'm I'm thinking that... uh... Uh, Paul Albert ha- actually has a pretty strong chance in terms of actually crafting a really good narrative across the board. One of the things that I think is important and that actually Mac highlighted during the last time of Viz, was is really, of course, expressing the intent of what you're trying to communicate mm-hmm. up front to the end user. Uh, one of the things he did well was, of course, just actually outlining what his viz, his story point is supposed to do. So the narrative around it, the the story that he's really communicating around basically this information uh, is done in such an upfront way that I think is actually really conducive. And it, it help, helps to kind of reduce what he's trying to show as well. Um, and, and that's one of the things that I saw with his dashboards that were unique there. So I see him advancing during this uh, second round, which will be later on in March, I believe, um, for us to kind of really see things uh, moving forward. February. sorry. yeah,
0: I think we're going to do there round two, the sales finals at the same time we do the customer solutions final roughly around the same time. So that'll probably be in the next two or three weeks, which will be very okay. interesting. Uh, all right wilson well we're, we're at about an hour of time i think that's probably a good time to wrap it up we've picked our winners um it'll be interesting to see what happens uh we're going to go into a session tomorrow where we actually judge the entries for round two and customer solutions so we'll, we'll know who wins that fairly soon um, i'm really excited about this we'll we'll be back uh Later on, with a discussion of the other brackets, right? We've also got the dev and marketing brackets, so I'm gonna we'll we'll get a chance to talk about some of those things, and then I'm excited for April when we crown a winner. Um, Any final thoughts? I think I think we're ready to wrap up.
1: Uh, none so far. You know, I think the big thing is to continue, of course, uh, you know, thinking about basically the same themes that we've been uh, really stressing, right? How do we, of course, communicate data uh, much more succinctly and more concise manner? So that's going to be the big themes, of course, of moving forward. I think everybody has demonstrated a strong idea of being able to weave interest in, in data. Uh, the big question, of course, is who's able to, of course, be informative about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're a Tableau employee and you're listening to this podcast, I would say um, this is a great opportunity for you to learn, um, both through, you know, if you entered the tournament, you got feedback and things like that, but you can also, well, we're going to make many of these vizs available for people to look at, both internally and externally. We'll put it up, we'll put the ones that we can put up up on public and and make them available via uh, our website, and we'll also Make sure to feature some of the great ones internally because we want people to use this as an opportunity to learn new things that they might not have thought about before. In terms of what are good ways to communicate information, right? Um, they uh, it, a lot of Tableau uh, is just about understanding what is out there and what is possible, since the product makes doing these things easy. Uh, it's it's what can you imagine and what what is a good practice and what helps you communicate points clearly it's really like learning to to write persuasively in a lot of ways so um, I'm excited to see that I'm excited to uh, to see what happens in the future rounds and we'll be back uh, pretty soon I think with our next discussion about the next stage of this tournament excited to see how it develops